You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. I want to talk from a personal subject on this morning. I want to teach from the subject, I want my house to stand. I want to teach from the subject, I want my house to stand. You don't mind, just tell a neighbor the subject this morning. And if you mean it, let's give God a praise this morning. I want my house to stand. Come on, we can take our hand claps up a little higher. I want my house to stand. When it comes to the word house, it first of all represents a household or a home. The word house here represents, first of all, a household or home. It deals with a person's dwelling place or a place where a person remains or resides. A house can also be seen from a biblical standpoint, as speaking to a family. A house can also represent a church or an auxiliary. And so notice this morning that Jesus himself, being truth, says in verse 25, if a house is divided, it can not stand. If a family is divided, that family can not stand. If the church house is divided, the church house can not stand. If your business is divided, it can not stand. And you can say, well, Pastor, I have a wonderful vision for my business. Yeah, but if division gets in the business, the business will not stand. And so we don't just need to speak this this morning, but every one of us need for our actions to match our words. I said every one of us need our actions to match or line up with what I'm saying. And I remember back in the day when we was young, if somebody said something, that their actions were not backing up or in line with, we would often tell folk or ask them, how did you fix your mouth to say that? I wonder, have you ever just had to call somebody to the carpet? 
Because you knew what they said sounded good, but you knew that their actions did not match the words. And so again, we would often call a person out just simply saying, how did you fix your mouth to say that? When you know that your actions say something different. And see, there's a whole lot of folk in the church that will utter something that's right. But when you examine their deeds or their actions, it's not lining up with what they're saying. Y'all going to pray for me this morning. It's not, it, it, it's not lining up. And notice again that Jesus says, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Let me give you three definitions or four definitions of to be divided. Y'all hang in here. Number one, it again is saying that that house cannot stand. Because folk in the house are not on one accord. Or people in the church are not on what we like to call the same page. And one thing I learned pastoring over the years is that everybody may not be at the top of the page. But we all need to find ourselves on the same page. You may say, Pastor, I'm not as mature as you are, yeah. Therefore, I don't expect you to be at the top of the page. But if you are part of the house, come on somebody. I expect you to do whatever it takes for you to get on the same page. I'm teaching good, especially if you recognize that the page is God's page. You ought to be so determined that I'm going to find myself on the same page. And so often when we look in the church, even when we look in families, sadly people are not on the same page. They're not on one accord. And so if a house is divided, a fall or ruin is going to take place. A fall is coming. We're not on the same page. Jesus says that a fall or ruin is going to take place. And see, listen again to the subject. I want my house to stand. I don't want to be a part of a house or a church that's in ruin because we won't get on God's page. Y'all didn't hear me. I said, I don't want to be a part of anything that is fully caving in on itself because the people in that place will not get on God's page. See, what you have to learn is that it ain't about what pastor wants. 
pastor has an assignment to get us all on the same page. That page being God's page. I don't want my will to be done in the church. I want God's will to be done. Come on, somebody. I say, I don't want my will to be done, but I want his will to be done. And again, it's my job as a leader to get all of us on God's page so that a fall or ruin will not take place. And in some houses, ruin is taking place because the people in that house, in that dwelling place, are not on one accord. Can I break it down? They ain't thinking alike. They ain't talking alike. And they're not doing alike. Now, we don't have to think alike, talk alike, or do alike when it's something minor or small. Something that makes no difference. But can I teach right? But when it comes to important things, there are some things that's too important for folk in the house to be thinking in different ways, to be talking in different ways, and to be doing in different ways. Can I preach it right? Are pulling against each other. Notice what Jesus says in Matthew 12. Dealing with the same subject. Just flip back to Matthew 12. Dealing with the same subject. Oh, there's a word in the house. In Matthew 12. Notice what Jesus says in verse 25. Matthew 12 and 25. You have it? But Jesus knew their thoughts. He knew their what? He knew their thoughts. He knew the intent of their heart. He knew their mind or their mindset. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself, I want you to watch the word carefully, is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. Notice here Jesus adds that a house that is divided, notice the word and carefully, will be brought to desolation. And, and see, that's what some folk don't get because they won't be on the same page. But because they can't physically see where a falling, a ruin, a desolation is setting in, there is no hurry to get on the same page. I'm, I'm talking to somebody this morning. Because you're not seeing desolation. You think that the word is not right. You think you don't have to get your house in order because when you look around, you don't see the house falling or caving in. But the word is right. Come on, I wish I had some amen. I said, but the word is right. And notice that Jesus himself said that a house divided will be brought into desolation. Which means sooner or later, 
is coming. Desolation is coming. I want to give you one meaning for desolation, which is to despoil. To despoil something. When something enters into desolation, it is being despoiled. Now, despoil means to remove or to lose valuable assets. Y'all better listen to me anymore. When a house is brought into desolation, that house is going to be despoiled or it is going to be began to lose or things that are valuable for that household, they're going to begin to lose it. Two things come to mind that we need in every house. Two valuable assets that every house, every church, every auxiliary needs. Number one is happiness. When Jesus talks about a house being brought into desolation or being despoiled, happiness is going to be removed from that house. I said happiness is going to be removed from that house. And you say, Pastor, what's the big deal? It's a very big deal because happiness is a valuable asset that every family needs. Come on, somebody. I don't want to be showing up to a church and I'm not happy about being there. I don't want to pull up at the breakfast table and eat with my family, but I'm not happy to be at this particular table. But see, where there is division, desolation is going to set in. And valuable assets are going to be removed from that house. It may not all be removed in one day. But sooner or later, somebody's going to look around and realize that they're not happy anymore. And they're tired of begging people to do the right thing. Somebody ought to give me an amen. I said sooner or later, somebody. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but sooner or later, somebody is going to get tired of asking the same people to do the right thing. Finally, productivity is going to be lost. All of a sudden, the family is going to look around and notice that they're not accomplishing anything together. I don't want to be a part of a church where all of us are showing up. And as many of us as it is, yet we can't seem to get anything done. And how many know it's like that? When people are constantly arguing, bickering, or being petty with one another. 
it don't matter what's in your household that could cause you to be productive. If you're fighting against each other, you're not going to accomplish what God desire for you to accomplish because desolation is setting in. And see, somebody needs this word because your actions need to line up when you say, I want my house to stand. Are y'all with me? When it comes to the word stand, I want us to first of all recognize that it means to be stable. When a house is standing, it says about that house, that family, that they are stable. The psalmist said in Psalm 127 and 1, except the Lord builds the house. Come on, Bible readers. They labor in vain who build it or establish it. See, to stand means, again, that a house or a family is going to be stable or well established. That house is going to be firmly fixed. And again, that's what I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of a church that is firmly fixed. Not a church that is up and down. Also, it has to do with to stand is to be kept intact. When we're able to stand, we are kept intact. Pastor, why is that important? Because of number four. To stand means that we are prepared for battle. I said we're prepared for battle. Because anything that's standing, come on, Pastor, firmly, anything that is established by God, it will be attacked. Come on. If your family is standing because of what God is doing in that house, that house is coming under attack. Oh, I didn't get that many amen. I said if your house has been established by God, he's put his blessings upon that house. He's put his presence upon that house. He's put his presence upon that church. He's causing them to be productive. Then you need to be prepared for battle. Are y'all with me? When a house is prepared for battle, this is important, that house is able to defend itself against attacks. It's sad when I look in the church at, at homes and families that should be accomplishing certain things by now. See, because God going God to anoint the eye of the shepherd. Come on, if the shepherd is on the wall and he's watching the way he needs to watch, 
then God is going to show the shepherd certain things. He, come on, somebody, I said he's going to reveal certain things to the shepherd. And sometimes God will reveal to the shepherd that people are not accomplishing things because of division. And that house is not able to defend itself against attacks. Finally, to stand is to be productive, successful, or it represents a family who is thriving. And I don't know about you, I want my house to stand. I want the church where I belong to be a church that's thriving. Yes, I do. I don't want to go to a church where one or two families are being blessed. No, I want to go to a church that when I look throughout the church, there are numbers of families that are thriving. Watch this. That are doing better. Come on, somebody. Oh, you may not have everything you want, but is that house thriving? Is that house doing better? Because, see, that's what we want. When I say I want my house to stand, I'm saying to you that I want to be able to do what God has ordained for me to do. Come on, let me break this down. And if he has ordained for me and you to do something, for us to accomplish something together, then I want me and you to be able to get done what God has set before us to do. Amen. How many are like the pastor? You ain't selfish. You want to see others blessed. Come on. How many about show hand? You want to see other folk blessed. Notice Proverbs 3. Notice Proverbs, the third chapter. Notice what Solomon says in Proverbs, the third chapter. Remember our subject, I want my house to stand. Notice Proverbs, the third chapter. Notice verse number 33. Y'all hang in here. Proverbs, the third chapter, and verse number 33. I'm finna bring in... A word that is synonymous with division this morning. Listen to me. Especially when we know or have been taught about the importance of unity. When we know when we have been taught the importance of brothering dwelling together in unity. But we refuse to eradicate division 
I want to show you what's going on in that house or in that church. Because there's nothing to play with. Notice Proverbs, the third chapter. And notice verse 33. Notice what Solomon says. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked. Do y'all see it? Proverbs 3 and 33. The curse of who? The curse of who? Notice this, saints, is on the house of the wicked. Or on the house where saved folk are acting wicked. Come on. Because sometimes we know better. But when you look at certain things that's hindering families, it's obvious that there are people who know better, yet they are not doing better. Come on. And any time we know better, but fail to do better, oh, I'm going to drop one on you. In the eyes of God, that's wicked. Ooh, it's tight. When we know the power of forgiveness, but want to hold on to things and not let things go, like it or not, that's wicked. Because every one of us need God to forgive us. Come on. And he even told us if you can't forgive your brother. See, that means when I pray to God, if I got something that I won't let go with you, God ain't going to forgive me of what I've done that I need him to let go. And see, that's the reason you have old grudges in churches. You got old grudges in families. People holding on to things that they should have been done. Let it go. And all it's doing is hindering the family from thriving. Are y'all with me? And tell somebody whenever we know better and don't do better, we open the door for a curse from the Lord. That's why you say it like that. Because you got to understand what he's saying. See, I ain't going to lose no sleep if you curse me. Come on. I said, I'm not going to lose no sleep if you're throwing curses at me. But I know I'm in the place that I need to be. You just running your mouth. And you can keep talking as long as you want to talk. But what God blesses, 
no man can curse. But what I got a problem with is when God curses my house. Because, see, you can't get enough money in the bank to make up for what God curses. Oh, I'm teaching right. You can't pretend enough that you're so happy when God himself has cursed a house. Why would he curse a house? Why would God curse a church? Because of wickedness. It's quiet in the house. Tell somebody, I want my house to stand. Tell to somebody else, I want my house to stand. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked. I want to take a few moments and, 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 and just talk about families. That when you look at them, churches, there was a time that you knew just by looking that they were thriving. Sometimes you could just look at a couple, just the way they, they, they chemistry just bounces off one another. And you could tell that's that, that's that real love. What? Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. I said, I said, but sometimes you can really get in the midst of two folk who really love each other. And there's going to be some chemistry between them. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's going to be two folk you want to go back out to eat with. When, when the next time y'all want to get up and do something together. Because, see, you like that energy that was coming off of them. Come on, somebody. But see, there are churches that when I look at that church, I have to tell people, if you would have went to that church years ago, Brother Rodney know what I'm talking about. As soon as you step in the sanctuary, you could feel the power of God. Now you walk in that same church. And you wonder if anybody in here is living right. Because you can't feel the presence of God. I want to say to this church, please, please, whatever you do, don't take for granted coming to a house where you feel God's presence. His presence is here to deliver. His presence is here to heal. His presence, somebody need to help me preach it, is here to strengthen His people. And you can feel the presence of God. It ain't entertainment. It ain't folk manipulating nothing. It ain't nobody throwing mojo around. You can feel God's presence. 
That's what I'm saying again. I want my house to stand. Woo! I want to invite folk to church. And when I talk to them afterward, they say, hey, I felt the power of God. I got to come back over there. Because when I came, I felt better when I left. I don't want nobody coming up here feeling bad. And when they leave, they feel worse than how they came. Because me and the deacons ain't getting along. The ministers don't, don't like each other. And you can tell it. You can look at them and see that they have favorites amongst them. See, if somebody don't get that right, that house that was once thriving is going to start losing valuable assets. My mind went back to Joshua. The seventh chapter. When Joshua and Israel, under the leadership of Joshua, Israel was thriving. Their fame was going throughout nations. And people were hearing about Yahweh, the most high God, and what he was doing for his people. Y'all be patient. They were hearing how he had delivered them from what could have been considered the greatest nation at that time, that being Egypt. And so when Moses died, Joshua took over the realm. And under the leadership of Joshua, Israel started to thrive and was going from one nation to another nation conquering it and defeating mighty kings. And they came to the battle of Ai. And Joshua sent a few men and said, go up and spy Ai. Because it's time for us to take the city. They went up and they spied it out and they came back and told Joshua, they said, yeah, we only need a few thousand to take care of Ai. Don't even bother sending the whole army. Just send a few thousand. Just send about 3,000 up there, and that'll be enough to, to defeat Ai. And a terrible thing happened on that day. That when Joshua went and loosed the people to go, Remember, they're thriving under his leadership. A man by the name of Achan had taken the accursed thing and brought it inside of his tent or into, come on, pastor, the house of Israel. And what would have been an easy victory Israel lost that day. See, y'all better listen to me. 
Because that's one of the first things that a family starts noticing when it's divided. You begin to lose battles that you know we're accustomed to winning. We're accustomed to being approved. We're accustomed to writing a vision and accomplishing. On that day, Joshua and them would be defeated. And like a good leader, Joshua fell on his face. Started praying to God. Started crying out to God. Why have you allowed this thing to happen? Tell your neighbor, but what Joshua didn't know. Is that there was sin in the camp. Ooh, look at somebody down tell me say, what Joshua didn't know. What God hid from him. Was wickedness. Had got in the house. And while Joshua was down praying. God told him, get up. And get the sin out of the house. Don't pray to me, Joshua. Get up and get this wickedness out of my camp. Get it out of my house. I'm talking to somebody. God ain't going to bless no mess. If you got wickedness going on in your house, I'm telling you why. You're being defeated. I'm telling you why. Things are not working out. And saints are bad sometimes at playing ignorant as to why we are not getting the victory. See, that means it pays to know what's going on in your house. Come on, because if you want to thrive, you can't just let wickedness walk up in your house and unpack itself. Come on, I know this word is tight, but it's a rhema for somebody. You got to get that house in order. That's the only way God going to do what he said he would do. Is you got to get that wickedness out of the house. And when Joshua dealt with Achan. Not only did he go back and defeat Ai. But y'all better listen to me. God himself told him how to defeat Ai. God got in the battle with Joshua. And said if you do this right here. You will defeat Ai. See, God is talking to a family. If you will eradicate division, get the sin out of the house, God will bless the house. Come on, somebody. I said, God will remove the curse that he's spoken over the house. Because after all, a curse simply has to do with the speaking of bad. See, when God looks and he sees wickedness in the house, he curses. 
And this is what you see happening right now with many churches that are falling. See, God has put a curse on that house. Come on here, somebody. I know this word is tight right here. I said, he put a curse. It don't matter how beautiful the name is. He's cursed that house because of, of wickedness. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't want to sit up in a house with a pretty name, but we can't do what the name suggests because of wickedness. Well, I need to break that down. I don't want to be sitting at the potter's house, but we can't put nobody on the wheel because the wheel is broken because of wickedness. And God has cursed oh, the house Despite the beautiful name, he's put a curse on it. He's spoken evil over it because of wickedness or sin. And see, some of us, you're allowing things to happen at your house as if God does not see the sin. In 1 Samuel 4, there was a man by the name of Eli. Had two sons by the name of Hophni and Phineas. They were not considered sons of God. Eli boys, though he was the priest, his sons were considered sons of Belial, which meant that they were wicked and worthless men. Oh, let me deal with it. Eli being the priest, would not straighten his sons. He wouldn't deal with them. God showed up and asked Eli, why do you honor your sons more than you honor me? See, it's, it's a shame when you see people putting folk before God. Come on, parents. We got to love our children. But never put your children before God. Oh, I'm going to say it again. We got to love our children. Come on, somebody ought to help me. But never. I need some preachers. But never. Tell somebody. But never put anybody before your God because that's wicked. The Bible said that Eli heard how his sons lay with the women at the church. Knew how they were being deceptive with the offerings. And he didn't check them. And so Israel went to battle against the Philistines. And the Bible says when Israel got in the camp that they shouted so loud that it shook the earth. Tell somebody, can you imagine? 
An army shouting so loud that it shook the earth. When the Philistines heard the noise and felt the shaking, they said, this ain't nobody but the Hebrews. And this is what they said, and their God is in their midst. Because see, what Israel had did was brought the Ark of the Covenant into the camp. That's what caused the people to shout and just know that they was going to get the victory. But tell your neighbor, on that day, Israel suffered a bad loss. I'm also going to send the clothes. Tell somebody, on that day, Israel suffered a bad loss. Not only was Israel defeated. So I'm talking about what wickedness of them. But the Ark of the Covenant was stolen. Somebody better listen to me. They didn't just lose to their enemy. But their enemy took. Remember I said you're going to lose something. Come on, tying the word in. Remember I said... When you are despoiled, you're going to lose a valuable asset. The ark was one of the most valuable things that Israel had. But because Eli didn't deal with wickedness in the house, Israel suffered a loss. When they suffered that loss, a man went back to Eli and told Eli, which about a thriving nation, Israel has lost the battle. Your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died in the same battle at the same time. Listen to me. Because God had said about them and their wickedness, the Bible says that the Lord sought to kill them. He was going to get them. And he told him, you're going to lose both your sons on the same day. Imagine getting the news that both of your sons have died in the battle. But that ain't what disturbed Eli. As he was sitting on a bench, overweight and in his 90s, with his eyes going dim, they had to break the news to him, Brother Ford. And by the way, the Ark of the Covenant has been captured. The Bible says that Eli fell over when he heard it and broke his neck. Fina's wife was with child. When they told her your husband and your brother-in-law both are dead. And they lost the Ark of the Covenant. The Bible said it threw her into labor. 
I'm trying to show you when you lose certain things. That, that's all I'm trying to tell us, that there are just certain things we can't afford to lose. If I got to gotta correct me, I'll get right, but there are certain things my house can't afford to lose. There, come on, somebody, there are certain things this church can't afford to, to lose. Because then our enemies are going to defeat us. The Bible said through her into labor pains. And the midwives tried to comfort her by saying to her, Look, you having a boy. In an Old Testament time, that was enough to cause a woman back then to not just push through pain, but the fact that I'm having a man child. It can put a pep in a woman's step. Come on, somebody. Cause joy to come. But when they told her, they said, it is a boy. The last thing she did before she died was to name that boy Ichibar, which means the glory of God has departed. We've lost the glory. And see, I want to tell you one thing the devil wants to be able to say about the church is that we've lost the glory. That God's presence is no longer amongst his people. But tell your neighbor, I want my house to stand. Tell somebody else, I want my house to stand. I want to be able to come in God's house and get my praise on with y'all. And while we get in our praise on, I want God to move for us. I want miracles to happen when we praise him. I want to be able to come in here with y'all and lift up holy hands and, and God start moving for his people. God start fighting for his people. I want my house to stand. I don't want to be in a defeated house. I want it to be so when we start sending up Judah. Tell somebody, don't you know what happens when God's people get on one accord and start sending up Judah? Tell your neighbor, I'll tell you what happens. When the praises go up, the blessings come. I can't preach it like I want to, but when the praises go, the blessings come. And tell your neighbor, when they come down, they hit all of God's people. Come on, somebody. He'll rain on the sanctuary. Notice Job 20. I gotta close it. Look at Job 20. Job 20 and 5. Listen to what one of Job's friends said that I agree with. Job 20 and 5. Y'all got Job 20 and 5? He said that the triumphanting of the wicked is short. And the joy of the hypocrite 
is but for a moment. Do y'all see it? The triumphanting of the wicked is short. You better notice something about the wicked, the hypocrite, the pretender, the actor. The joy of the hypocrite. Yeah, pastor, they got this, they got that. Yeah, but they hypocrite though. And see, that joy is just for a moment. But tell your neighbor, when you're righteous, God's blessings on your house means that your joy is going to be eternal. Come on, I don't want no temporary joy because we faking like we together. We pretending like we on one accord. We acting like we love each other and we ain't even talking to each other. See, when this type of stuff is going on in a house, you may see some joy sporadically. But see, it ain't going to last. Look at this. He said, the joy of the hypocrite is but for a moment. How many believe Achan was rejoicing? When he had stole that and brought all that treasure into his tent. Huh? I mean, believe Eli, son, Hoffman and Phoenix, was rejoicing when they were stealing God's money. But see, of the joy of the hypocrite is but for a moment. Go back to Proverbs 3. Go, go back to Proverbs 3. See, I don't want no temporary joy. I said, I don't, I don't want no temporary joy. Look, look at Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. We're back at verse 33. The curse of the Lord is on the house of who? The curse of the Lord is on the house of who? But watch this. But he blesses the home of the just. Tell somebody, I want my house to stand. Tell your neighbor, because I want God speaking blessing over my house. I mean, love the fact that God is speaking blessings over your church. And you see those blessings that he's speaking come into pass in your brother and your sister's life. Proverbs 12. Oh, I'm coming in. See, we got folks in here ain't talking to each other, holding grudges and alts against each other. You gonna hinder what God wanna do for the entire church. If people at the house ain't speaking until somebody come over to the house, I'm trying to move on because I got to close. But where my married folk done been now? You and your spouse ain't spoken in three days until
whoever opened the door, hey, how y'all doing? What's so-and-so at? He back there. Honey, it's so-and-so now. And here he comes. Oh, whoa, it's good to see y'all. Talk and have a good time. Now, soon as them four leave. She go back in her room. You go back in your room. But here's what here's what's sad. And you're both sitting there waiting on a miracle. See, that's when somebody got to be grown. I said, that's when somebody got to be grown. We may not see this eye to eye, but this none talking got to go. Just got to go. We got to start somewhere talking. It's a good word for somebody. I don't want to be a hypocrite pretending. Proverbs 12 and 7. Notice the Bible. I'm closing. The wicked are what? The wicked are what? And are what? The wicked are overthrown and are what? No more. But watch this. But the house of the righteous will what? Will what? Will what? We're going to be attacked. But in the midst of being attacked, he's going to empower us stand. I said he's going to empower us to stand, to thrive, to be productive, to be stable. Come on, somebody. To be established and firmly fixed. Somebody shout, I want my house to stand. I'm closing with this. I ain't even going to go to it. God dropped two, Holy Spirit dropped two scriptures in, in, in my spirit that didn't leave me even throughout the night. When we say, I want my house to stand, our actions need to be in line with our words. This is what God going to continue to do. And this is what he going to start to do. For somebody who won't, they house to stand. God said, I'm going to do two things. One of them is found in Philippians 4 and 19. When Paul told a Philippian church who was on the same page. Y'all with me? He said, my God shall supply. Come on, somebody. All of your need according to his Riches and glory. So I want my house to stand. Because when there are needs, I want to expect God to supply. Come on. Now there's somebody that's divided. If you will let your words match your actions, God going to start looking at home. And drying up lack. He going to start looking at families that have needs that they can't meet. But because they're saying to God, I want my house to stand. He's going to supply those needs. Listen, according to Yamaha.
according to the stock market. According to your 401k. According to your savings. I'm closing. He shall supply all of your need according to his riches in what? Tell me, I want my house to stand. Because I want God to look and see needs in the house, in the church, with the business, with the auxiliary, and dry them up. Somebody shout, dry them up. Finally, Psalm 37. The Bible just simply said, dwell in the land. Dwell in the land. Dwell in the place. Be established at the house. Be established at the church. And notice what God said he'll do. He said, I will give you. Delight yourself also within me. What did he say he'll do? And I will give you. What he'll give us? What he'll give us? And you wondering why I want my house to stand? Because I want to see folk in my house getting their heart desires. Listen, and when they get it, I'm going to be happy. I said when they get it. Y'all ought to jump to your feet. I said, and when they get it, I'm going to be when my sister testify about getting her house, we going to be happy. I said, we going to be happy. When my brother say God canceled that, we going to be happy. Why? Because we want our house to stay. Pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.